Hello, and welcome to another episode of People with Passion for Pets. I'm your host, Bea Walker, and my guest on the show today is Adam Baker. He is the founder of a company called Soda Pup. They pride themselves to be a U.S.-based company, and they make innovative pet products that are enrichment, chew, and fun toys for your pet. Hi, Adam. Thanks for Hi. joining us today. Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you, uh, Adam. Your company, Soda Pup, uh, you just make such fun and I, I'm going to just use the word different products because, you know, when I came across your website, it's like, hey, this is something I haven't really seen uh, on other, you know, dog toy websites and enrichment tools. So I just thought you were a perfect fit because um, I think you you created the company out of the passion for your pet. Is that correct? I did. It's uh, that's music to my ears, you know, because, <laughs> um, you know, that's exactly what we're trying to do is to be different. You know, I started this company in 2013. Part of the inspiration was I kept seeing the same products at pet stores everywhere I went. It seemed like everybody was carrying the same assortment. And that assortment hadn't really changed very much. You're a U.S.-based company. Thank you for doing that. That is so awesome. And also a veteran, former... I'm a veteran. Yeah, my first career was in the Coast Guard. Was, oh, okay. Uh, well, thank you for your service. Yeah, it was a great way to start my career. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would go to pet stores shopping for my own pets, three dogs and two cats. <laughs> and um, I was just like, there's, there's got to be a better way than than the same stuff. And so that was the original inspiration. You know, one of the things that I see, and, you know, Jim and I as dog trainers, um, we obviously, we always look for what we now refer to as like enrichment products or enrichment, you know, or puzzle toys for dogs. Yeah. And, you know, the industry has really changed from, you know, there used to be just plush toys or you know chew toys and now there's so much and, and you certainly have embraced that right I mean when I look at your products you have a lot of enrichment tools talk yeah, a little so, bit about some of your what I came from well so you know we started this company making uh, rubber toys um, rubber treat dispensers and part of that came from you know the, the, there's one product in particular that dominates that space it's the Kong mm -hmm. Classic um, and I didn't really see that product being challenged in any way. And so I thought, well, what if we could create really fun um, treat dispensers, rubber treat dispensers that serve the same purpose, but somehow resonated with consumers in a way that I, I don't think that that product does. Um, I think we have 30 different treat dispensers. In oh, wow. And, and they're fun things like, you know, well, this has a... <laughs> You can't see that because hold it, hold it close to there you go. There yes, go. oh, so that's so cute. We've got a you know a honey bear holding a honey pot, and we've got things like a, a surfing van, um, and then we created enrichment capabilities into our nylon toys. So many of our toys have what we call treat pockets, where you can huh. smear you know pumpkin puree or peanut butter or you know Greek yogurt or whatever. So so now a nylon toy is more than just a chew toy. It can also be an enrichment toy. You know, that category is dominated by bone shapes and the world doesn't need more bones from soda pop. <laughs> so, you know, what we found was that dogs don't have a preference for bone shapes. 
So that opened up all kinds of crazy creative possibilities for us. And so we started doing all of these novelty designs like butterflies and electric guitars and starfish. <laughs> and, and it's been really, really fun. Yeah. And then our deep, deep dive into enrichment actually started during the pandemic. And so um, I was working a little bit more often from home. I had three dogs at the time. We actually lost Buddy in my black lab last summer to liver disease. But he was the real inspiration because he was a rescue. He was very needy. And it was it was difficult for me to do a 45-minute Zoom call without constant interruptions from Buddy. <laughs> and so, you know, I was aware of the LickMat category. There was really just one dominant player. So I went out and I bought that product and I gave it to Buddy. But he could lick it clean in like 10 minutes. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, we need to kind of see what we can do here. So we tested a lot of product and figured out what we liked and what we didn't like. And then we set out to design our own lick mats. And so that the first one we did was our jigsaw. So we have we have a lick mat with a jigsaw pattern on it. And it's very, very difficult. And the wonderful thing about it is that it would take a dog like Buddy a good 40, 45, 50 oh, wow. minutes to lick it clean if you put peanut butter in it because peanut butter is quite sticky. It's mm -hmm. also more difficult to clean, being perfectly honest. But, um, <laughs> but Yes, I've done that before. <laughs> but the beauty of it is that um, he's not getting more calories. It's just taking him longer to get the food. And so if the goal of enrichment is to create a foraging challenge for your dog, yes. then, then this is the ultimate foraging challenge. The second thing we were focused on was creating different levels of difficulty. And you don't really see this offered by anybody else in the industry. So, you know, different dogs have different food drive. Mm -hmm. And so um, I needed something like a jigsaw to keep Buddy busy for a long time. And he has very high food drive, like most labs. So that was really effective for him. But if I gave that product to Sugar Plum, which is one of my other dogs, she's not food motivated or not as food motivated. So, you know, she would get bored and walk away from that after a while. Mm -hmm. And so we had to design different patterns that were easier for a dog like Sugar Plum. And so all of our patterns have, you know, it's either easy, it's moderate, or it's hard. And so you can match the pattern to your to the particular dog. And then, you know, the last thing that we wanted to do, and this is really my product management training in my prior career is we wanted to make things that were really compelling for people. Because, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's people that are buying these products. And so we really don't think of ourselves as a pet supply company. Um, what we're trying to do is to create objects of desire, you know, that people can fall in love with. And yeah. so, and so mm -hmm. we wanted to create lick mats, getting back to the, the pandemic and solving this problem. We wanted to create patterns that people could fall in love with. And the challenge for myself when I started this company was, can I apply all these things I've learned earlier in my career to a dog toy brand? And can I actually get people to fall in love with a dog toy brand? I mean, I'd love to travel with that dog. So you, yeah. you have that little VW van, right? So those are the things that I can see they speak to the person um, but the other thing that's fun about that is, as you were saying earlier, the pet products are very much the same, right? It's always a bone shape or it's always a ball shape. 
uh, pets have kind of like people, this need to have different type of experiences. And so I think that's where your products come in and really provide these different types of surfaces, different ways to get at the food. And really that's what enrichment toys do. Um, now, one of the products you haven't mentioned, which I'm totally fascinated with, and I love them, is you have, I think you call them e-bowls. So that it's kind of like a lick mat and then taking a slow feeder bowl and combining the two. And yeah. I think that is such a fascinating product, especially for people that that um, feed wet food or like to feed raw food, because now you can almost have like a serving dish for your dog, but it also is a little bit of a puzzle toy in the same way. So I, I love yeah. the idea there. You know, I took a look at what was out there. And on the one end of the spectrum, you have lick mats. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have slow feeder bowls. And so I did a deep dive on slow feeder bowls and I read the research um, the scientific literature around slow feeder bowls. And, and, you know, the primary conclusion is that they don't work because they're not difficult enough. They don't, mm -hmm. they're not effective at slowing dogs down. And so I thought to myself, okay, well, so, you know, just like we made lick mats more difficult, can we, can we actually make slow feeder bowls that are more difficult and, and actually serve the intended purpose so that it's more than just Kind of a marketing message but it actually works and so we created our first bowl uh, again this is probably going to be a little bit blurry but our first bowl was this honeycomb bowl you know the key here is that it's deep it's two inches deep and it's crowned in the middle so it's deeper in the middle but then you have these very distinct chambers most dogs can't get their nose down into the chamber so they have to use their tongue to get the food out so it's much much more difficult than traditional slow feeder bowls and then, so, so we define the bookends, right? We've got uh, lick mats on one side, slow feeder bowls on the other. And then I started looking at in the middle, like, are there other product types that we could make? So one of the challenges of, of lick mats is that they're made from uh, synthetic rubber. And so it's not durable, right? It's very thin. So if your dog is really aggressive uh, with it, he can chew it up if you're not watching. So you can't really leave your dog alone with a lick mat. You, mm -hmm. you really need to supervise. And so I thought, well, you know, if the goal of your lick mat is uh, to help with separation anxiety, but you can't leave it with your dog when you leave the house, <laughs> you haven't really solved the problem. Nice. So I thought, well, maybe we could make something really durable that that was a licking device. And so we came okay. up with this Um this is called an e-coin. It's five inches in diameter and it's made from nylon. So it's very hard, just like a, like a nylabone or a benabone, same material. And so, um, you know, it's a small looking device. It's really for snacking. It's great for separation anxiety or for crate training where you don't want to give your dog, you know, too much, but you need enough to fulfill, you know, what you need. Keep them busy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Keep them busy so you can get out of the house or, yeah. you know, get them in their crate. So the eCoin solves a very specific problem, which is, you know, a durability issue. And then the next thing we did was we created, um, I mean, you could think of it as a shallow slow feeder bowl. It's great for flat nose breeds. Um, but we thought that, you know, it would be really interesting to create something that we're basically stepping up in height. So you go from a lick mat, which is really thin, then you step up to an e-tray, which is a little deeper. Uh, and then you step up to a slow feeder bowl. And so we made, this is called the mandala. And 
you can see it's got all these segments in it. Yeah. And it's essentially a slow feeder bowl. And this is our number one product in the line right now. You know, it really kind of caught us off guard with how popular it was. We have an Instagram feed and we have people all over the world posting imagery of them using our products. People are, they like the segmented nature of our designs. So they're putting different foods, like the, yeah. the mandala is very popular with raw feeders. And so they're they're putting raw, raw in certain segments and then they're putting different colored ingredients. And so it's almost like people are creating works of art, which I just mm -hmm. never anticipated in a million mm -hmm. years. And you know, every morning I wake up and I look at Instagram, like every day I'm just blown away by what people do. And so that has informed a lot of our subsequent designs because we saw what people were doing and it's like, oh, okay, this is what they like. So we need to do more of these types of things. You know, that that's another change that I'm seeing is that people are changing in the way that they're looking at their pets and how they're feeding them, right? Because, um, and I've had other people on the show where we're saying, you know, it's no longer you get a dog and he's in the backyard and he's a pet. These days, when you get a dog, he's part of your family and you treat him as such. So, you know, there's health care for your dog. There is, um, you know, Insurance things that you do for, for your, your pet. Yeah. yeah. And and the other thing is you, we are feeding our pets differently. It's not just, you know, here's a bowl, here's kibble, here's water. Uh, we Like you're saying, there's people that create these beautiful plates now with with all kinds of uh, different ingredients for their pets. And that that is so fun. And, you know, in some ways, I think the U.S. is um, is late to the party mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we, we do spend a lot of time on Instagram watching what people are doing. And mm -hmm. Australia is way ahead of the curve. And then you've got, you know, countries like the Netherlands and the U.K., where, you know, there's a lot of enrichment happening. And I think mm -hmm. because of social media, you know, the world has gotten a lot smaller. And so people in the U.S. are now seeing what's happening in other places. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we're trying to do our part, which is to really um, aggressively advance the category um, with new, new thinking, new ideas, creating things that are maybe more artistic or more funny or you know, somehow touch a person emotionally. So there's there's a Instagrammer in uh, in Australia. It's called Lil Appa, L I L dot A P P A. She does beautiful, beautiful things. Um, and I designed a bowl. Uh, it was inspired by a Japanese woodprint called the Great Wave of Kanagawa. If you saw the print, you would know it. Anyway, it, the bowl is this cresting wave. And as I was designing it, I'm thinking, I wonder what Lil Alpha will do with this, you know, because of some of the other amazing stuff she had done. That's fun. So, so you yeah. you are actually not only the founder of the company, but you are um, hands-on designing these products. Yeah. I well, That's awesome. I, I kind of think of myself as a conceptualizer. So, you know, kind of back of the napkin sketches. and That's you know, wonderful. Things, and then I pass it off to um, a friend of mine who's a cat sure. designer, and then he, awesome. he actually brings it to life. Yeah. Now, Adam, you know, one of the things I did want to talk about too, though, and and you know, you have some great products, so I love that we showcase some of them and and just the applications and how they're really they're useful and they're they're beautiful. Um, but you also um, there's two things that you do. One is you've you've made sure that the materials are 
really pet safe. And I think when you on your website, you kind of speak to that a little bit on how there really isn't a lot of um, government oversight in what type of products are being used for, especially these these pet products we're using to feed our pets with, right? And they're they're gnawing on them. Um, and then yeah. the other thing is, so uh, talk to that a little bit. When I started the company, I was very, very focused on 100% USA manufacturing. And I just figured there had to be a way, um, particularly because we're doing molded product. And so there's a degree of automation once you have the molds. But then, you know, the other part is materials. You don't have as much control uh, if you can't walk into a factory mm-hmm. and say, I, I want to verify this material is safe. Yeah, I mean, everything that we use is uh, FDA compliant. Um, so, and, you know, we've tested all of our materials and and we have a kind of a portfolio of materials that we operate within. And, you know, also just in terms of the performance of the materials can be radically different. So, for example, if you went into a big box store and you bought a private label rubber toy, um, and it's probably FDA compliant, um, but... The thing about rubber is that it's a cross-linked polymer. So there's a curing process and the cross-linking of the, of the molecules is what gives natural rubber great tear strength. But what they do, for example, in China is they put a lot of clay in the rubber. So if you're putting clay in the rubber, it's, it's kind of invisible to the consumer. It feels heavy and durable, looks great, um, but there's less rubber. And so there's less cross-linking. So you think you're getting a great deal and then you give the toy to your dog and he destroys it in five minutes. Mm-hmm. It's because it doesn't have the same tear strength. Gotcha. Yeah. So we've taken a lot of time to engineer our materials for performance as well. We offer a 30 day replacement guarantee on our chew toys. So we'd go broke if we didn't have a great material that could withstand you know, quite a bit of abuse. That's There's awesome. A lot of good answer. I apologize. I'm a geek. So once you get me talking, <laughs> about no, that's great. And I think it's a, like I said, that's what this is all about: is to find out how do people come up with these uh, great, you know, things that we use for our pets. Because there's some wonderful pet products out there, uh, but I am always fascinated by the backstories and how people came to make them. And most of the time, it's like yours, where somebody says, you know, I. I thought I wanted this for my pet, but I couldn't find a quality product that I was comfortable giving to my pet or using with my pet. So I think that's awesome. With a lot of brands, they're not actually designing their own products. They're, you know, I get solicitations all the time from factories in China. They send me a catalog of the toys that they've developed and, Mm -hmm. you know, would I like to place a PO? And, you know, I think a lot of people do that. They just buy what's already done. You have no mold costs. And yeah, that's not what we're about. We're, we're about being different and making it here and and having, you know, a lot of fun along the way. <laughs> so let's be sure that uh, those who are listening can find you. The name of the company is Soda Pop. And um, how how can they find you on the Internet or on social yeah. media? So first of all, it's Soda Pop, S-O-D-A-P-U-P, not Soda Pop. Our first product was a soda can, which is the inspiration <laughs> for the name, but um, it's sodapop.com. And so you can buy direct from us. We also sell to independent retailers throughout the United States. Yeah. You mentioned your Instagram channel. So um, obviously yeah. people would probably love to see some of those pictures you mentioned. Sure. So our Instagram is at sodapopdogtoys. And, um, you know, almost all the content on that um 
on that feed is is user generated. So you can go in and if you see images you like, then just look in the text and then go click on the person who created that content because there's so much great stuff being done. Plus you'll get lots and lots of ideas on recipes and you know, creative new ways to do enrichment. I mean, it's been a real education for us to see how people are using the product. Yeah, I really do love your product. Uh, anybody listening to it, it's definitely worthwhile if you're looking for some new, different, fun things for your pet and for you. Because again, like you're saying, it's, you know, these toys are something that we're enjoying almost as much as our dogs do. Yeah. You know, we launch new products every month. It's, oh, wow. It's about every three weeks we have new products coming out. So uh, go to your website. Uh, that's probably the best way to see the newest and greatest. Yep. Sign up for our newsletter. We promise not to spam you. We'll just, okay. we, much, we only really send emails when there's a new product. Yeah. And we'll, of course, be sure to just share your links in the description below the video so people can easily find you and click on those links. Great. Great. Thanks so before so I can let, before you can go though, you must talk about your pets. We all want to hear oh, about your yeah. personal pets. Well, so I mentioned Buddy. Buddy was a lab rescue. Um, he was, he was so forlorn. I actually met him at a pet event where um, Safe Harbor Lab Rescue was at the same event that I was at. And I bonded with Buddy. Um, really, really beautiful, handsome dog. And so I start texting my wife and sending pictures <laughs> and like, here's our chance. You know, there's a girl with purple hair here who's trying to adopt him. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, if we're quick, we can get we can get money. <laughs> so, you know, the fact that we make toys for a living and live on a couple of acres with other dogs gave us a, a competitive edge. So so Buddy came into our life and he was amazing. Um, unfortunately, he, he did get uh, a liver disease. So we lost mm. him last you know, we've had a lot of dogs. I think we're up to like nine dogs in our in the time that my wife and I have been married. And uh, it just never gets easier when you lose one. I mean, it's just yes, horrible. I know. Uh, so then we have Sugar Plum. Sugar Plum is a mutt from the Longmont Humane Society. And she came off of a Native American reservation in South Dakota. So she's kind of a short haired. Um, she's tall and thin, but she's a small dog like 45 pounds very very playful so she's she's a great running partner for me and great tester. <laughs> great tester well you know she she's not food motivated so mm, it's interesting every dog, every dog has different preferences right yes so, yes but he was really into rubber toys so he was a perfect he was a destroyer so <laughs> he would test all the rubber toys but he wasn't interested in nylon but sugar plum who's got kind of a high strung energy to her she likes the nylon mm. and then the third dog is queso she's yellow my young son at the time uh, <laughs> named it cheese in spanish um and queso is also a mutt from the longmont humane society and we're not really sure what she is she's got the kind of the nature of a husky She's a little bit aloof. She's definitely a protector. She's territorial. She loves being outside, just keeping an eye on things. That, that's her. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then we have two cats. Our lick mats are great for cats, by the way. And we're actually oh, we're, yeah. doing our, we're doing our first kind of cat-oriented lick mat. 
Um, I just designed it actually yesterday. So we're doing the CAD work and it's more of a cat theme. That's so, wonderful. Mm -hmm. so those are the those are the five animals. Plus two two boys and one wife. <laughs> oh great. Sounds like a great family. Yeah, it's been it's been uh, awesome. The kids are now off in college, so we're we're empty nesters. Well, I am so grateful that you came on the show today. Uh, it's such a great company, great product. And um, thank you for, you know, being a veteran and for keeping the business here in the U.S. And I think that that makes a big deal out of the, the whole thing as well. So really appreciate you for doing that. Thank you. Well, you know, the nice thing about having your own company is... Uh... As long as you can figure out a way to stay afloat, you can do whatever you want. So <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm building it the way that I think is the right way to do it. Well, thank you again for being on the show today. Thanks so much. It's been great talking with you. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on People with Passion for Pets. And until next time, keep your paws on the road.